Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissonance on the panel this week. He is an artist and a comedian you've seen on Comedy Central. His current YouTube channel is Reboot It. Ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure to have him with us. Mr. Ed Greer, welcome, Ed. Oh, dude, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, I'm really happy to dig into the issues with you guys, <laughs> even though it was generated us just talking. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you, you seemed uh, pretty fired up in the pre-show conversation. So uh, I, I, I do imagine, I mean, it's always a good one when you guys are on, but I think this is going to be... Uh, Ready for Freddy. Ready for go. Freddy. <laughs> Well, thank you for being with us and at the ready. Stand ready, stand by, Ed Greer. Also joining us, <laughs> comedian, writer, actress, and trekker, Clee Wiggins is with us today. Welcome, Clee. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. Like just to go completely away from politics, but we we usually do wind up talking about cooking at some point when whenever you guys are on. <laughs> I saw the uh, the the repurposing you did, where you guys got the uh, you ordered in the crawfish boil and then made a shrimp etouffee out of it. Mm-hmm. It was so good, right, babe? It was so delicious. It was, it's very very good. One of the one of those times where the the leftovers are better than the first one. And and it's just it's just insane. It was it was good for it was good for a couple of days, man. Yeah, it, made, it stretched it out because you know, like I've been I saw a video online, and the people were eating. It was like a mukbang where they were eating, and they actually ordered from the boiling crab, which I was gonna order from. But then when I went to go do it on, I forgot which app I used. Boiling crab wasn't open, but the drunken crab, which is actually closer to our house, was open. They have virtually the same menu. Seafood boil, so I ordered some crab legs and some crawfish. We just demolished the crab legs. Nice. Ate most of the crawfish, but we had maybe 10 or so left. And we had all like the bags are just full of sauce. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I know what I can do with this. Nice. Frozen shrimp in the freezer. Bang, bang, boom. You got yourself a stew, baby. <laughs> hey, you should have seen, but I mean, for real, I mean, we haven't obviously gone out during any of this stuff that's gone on, you know, and we mm-hmm. used to go to a, a buffet. Imagine, imagine people used to stop cars with their feet, according to the cartoon. And we used to go to buffets. There's a buffet, like Asian seafood buffet, like really close to my house. And, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, come on, weed's legal in L.A. and in California. You live this close to a buffet. You got to at least try it out. And it like good ratings on Yelp and everything, you know, A, from the uh, sanitation department. So it's like, okay, everything's clear. And then we get this pandemic and it's like, well, guess I'm not going there. Screwed that up. We've been to that one by your house. Um, we went there with Matt Blackwood and his wife. Oh wow! How, was am I am I missing yeah. out? Well, no, there's one. There's one over in like one uh, that we go to though is in Glendale, and it's yeah. But that one is a good. It's a pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What is not a buffet snob? Who'd have thunk it? But no. But the bottom line is, we used to go there because she loves crab legs, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most affordable ways to get a bunch of crab legs is to go to like a seafood buffet. And bottom line, we had so many crab legs up in this living room when she got that stuff ordered. <laughs> it looked like John Carpenter's the thing. <laughs> <It was> so- <laughs> 
And I demolished, we watched, I think, what did we watch? The first episode of Discovery, season three. Mm-hmm. And we demolished them crab legs. Nice. That, that is. Dude, it would be awesome if we were like sponsored by that crab place and, and Star Trek Discovery and stuff. It was just the smoothest <laughs> ad ever. It, yep. in, integrated. The drunken in- crab and Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> Integrated product placement, uh, advertising wave of the future. For for those who are not in LA, we've had you know our traditional global warming end of summer heat waves, and we're currently in that maybe it's autumn kind of phase. So you know, gray morning, uh, you know, temperatures in the seventies, like. Bust out the the slow cooker. This is this is crock pot weather. I am I I for one am very excited. Uh, well, we'll have more cooking tips, but first I want to continue introducing the panel because, as always, we are joined by comedian scholar and the black voice of reason. Always a pleasure to introduce Mister Time and Ship. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. <clears throat> Good to be with my people. Always. <laughs> It's yeah. yeah. Black folks got something to say. That's you know, we twice in one month. I am. Uh, I am feeling. Yeah, I am I feeling mean, blessed. Yeah. It's. Uh, it is always great to have you guys with us. The final part of us that would be me. I'm Dr. David Robinson, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Hopefully, fingers crossed for the current one as well. And we do have a lot to talk about beyond cooking tips. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Wait, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread, it's time for a second peak. Uh, actually, a third peak, uh, if, you, if you look at the charts. And this week, we went off the charts as a nation. We are, we are setting uh, new records for highest daily numbers of reported cases uh the hospitals are getting packed again we're we're getting to the point where they're going to start calling the flyover states the flyover states because it's it's a strictly health oriented decision just like don't go there Mm -hmm. that's where the virus is uh speaking of places to go and things to do it is 10 days until the election it is also united nations day commemorating the founding of the un in 1945 fun fact about the un 
Like a number of other 75-year-olds currently residing in New York City, Donald Trump is trying to kill it. So congratulations. Keep running, UN. Uh, you you got some work to do. You were 75 years old? I thought it was older. No, 1945 uh, it was founded. So, yeah. You know, it's weird. Like, you know, I try and, and find some fun facts before we get into the harsh reality. And uh, on, on this uh, site, you know, I do a Google search, what national day is it? Where I find uh, fun little tidbits like that. But it's also uh, National Food Day and National Bologna Day, which says to me, like, that's just baloney admitting, yeah, we're we're not food. Which you know, maybe maybe in, in these times of pandemic it's food. If you get it in America, it's trash. <laughs> well, you know, that's where we live and thanks to the COVID, uh we, we can't leave the country to get something better somewhere else. So uh that is what we have. Uh speaking of what we have Timpany <laughs> We have 223,948 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 8,540,300 confirmed cases. Not only that, we had a new number to the totals this week. We also have 545 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because Trump's America. So... Those are the numbers for the week. Some of the numbers that came up in the debate this Thursday. Did you guys watch any of that? I can't bring myself to do that. <laughs> um, I value my mental health. I, so. did, I did watch the debate. And uh, I would say the only problem I have with Christian Welker is, is that Trump was like, wait a minute, I can't comment on it. No, dude. I mean, I just wanted her to just. Put the clamps down, shut off his mic, because he didn't need to comment everything. And everything that he was trying to do was, uh, he, he didn't speak on any of the policies. He just attacked Biden. You thought he was going to speak on policy? Were you shocked by that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Let him just, he's not going to say anything. He just had an insult. That's all he wanted to do was insult him. And that's why I believe that it just sounded like a reality TV show. Obama was right. We're in, we're in reality. He's in a reality TV show. He's not, he doesn't deal with nothing. They talked to him yeah. about the children. He blew that off. But they're, they're, they're being taken care of well. Yeah. the least racist. What is the least we, racist? We, we, have, we have the nicest <laughs> child prisons in, in the world. <laughs> what did you say, please? He said he was the least racist person in that room. And when I was like... Because I watched the I watched a significant part of it like in clips and highlights. I couldn't watch it in real time yeah. all the way through. I can't do that. But I watched a significant portion of it in clips and highlights. And he said he was the least racist person in that room. And I was like, by what metric are you measuring? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we were we were kind of talking about this before the show uh, during that part. Ed, you know, when Ed uh, asked you to open the blinds, when when he was talking about how he was the least racist person in the room. And he, he kind of like looks out at the audience and, and he's like, it's, it's too dark out there. I can't see who's there. I'm like, Oh God, this is, this is the black joke coming. This is, you know, 
Like he's... Well, we as comedians always see that joke. <laughs> we, we always see that joke, and like some comedians, you know, when it's late at night and there's five people in the original room of the comedy store, <laughs> you might hear that joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a, just a something. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, we might not hear that now it, because of all the distancing. Damn. It, well, I Everybody's mean, it's... references are going to get hella old. Yeah. Hey, well, welcome to my age. I you don't know. know. <laughs> you to get a Tiger King book off. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> Well, no, uh, just what, what I what I wanted to say on that is I, I think I have a unique perspective on it because I didn't watch the debates, nor did I watch that many of them chopped up into DJ mixes for our for our uh, quick, you know, uh, perusal or whatever. I watched a L.A. Times thing on undecided voters. It was a bunch of undecided voters, perhaps 13 and a big stacked Brady Bunch grid. And they were all <laughs> talking about. Being undecided right now, just looking into the faces of black undecided voters. I ain't trying to pull up Joe Biden. I'm just saying black women, uh, uh, like just all sorts of people, old ass dudes, all these different cross sections of society that was undecided at this point. It was it was just ridiculous. And I listened to an hour and a half of it. And the consistent theme was these people are a stupid and B. (laughs) easily impressed by almost anything they asked them. like after the after this um after this debate what did you think about uh president trump most of them said after this debate they considered him more presidential and after all the answers to all the questions they they, they basically stated as a group that they thought that he'd proven that he could act with decorum to be sort of a president in that debate and that it was way better than the other one. And just all of this like facile surface level crap. It was just like, if this is what everybody's voting on, I, I got to say, I, under, I, I understand He's some of the people. He's more presidential when he had a leash on him. Yeah. But I would say, I understand, I understand some of these people being like, everybody shouldn't vote. And I know everybody should vote. We see this oppression that's happening. I'm not trying to get on that train. I'm just saying these particular group, I would vote for them to not vote. There's got to be something. Yeah. These people are so stupid. And it's like the fact that, I mean, and I guess we have to take everyone's opinion into it. I'm just, just understand this. The There are people walking this earth that can't see him or both of those old fuckers for who they are. They can't see the expediency of Biden. They can't see the ridiculous dictatorship that Trump is. They can't. They can't see it. They have to go by actual po- political commercial things and and warnings on shampoo for you to not drink it <laughs> or for these people. You know, in in the uh, in the late seventies, there was a, a shampoo that was advertised as having beer in it. So, for for that specific shampoo, I can understand the disclaimer. But for the rest of it, come on, I you know we we well real quick because we we were talking we were just talking about the you know racist trope in comedy of, of smiling in a dark room. So I want to bring up another one watching that panel with undecided voters. Did you have the, the stereotypical black guy in a theater yelling at the screen? Get out of the house. What are you doing? What are you? I, I mean, like, cause I don't do that in theaters only because it, it's a movie. Generally, it's fiction. And if you do it during a documentary, film's already made. You, you're not going to change anything, I guess is my point. But sitting on my couch watching news shit, I am, I am constantly, at least internally, because I like my neighbors and I want them to like me, but just yelling at 
idiots that are that are getting on television. And yeah, you know, to to say that Trump was the most presidential he's been on TV during that last debate is is like having to to choose a preference between getting poked in the eye with a sharp stick or getting kicked in the crotch. It's like, well, no. Neither. I don't I don't want either. Well, one of them is better. Which one? It's like, do you want well, but, do you want just, crazy yelly but, Trump from the first debate? Do you do you want ignorant antagonistic Trump from the town hall that was held instead of a debate? Or do you want the around 45 minutes you can tell the drugs are starting to wear off <laughs> in the debate before he goes full batshit? Trump. They were they were literally they were literally just really quickly, they were literally talking about Hunter Biden's emails. And I was yeah. just like, you guys are falling for the banana in the tailpipe repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were they were uh, the ones that they did on uh, they interviewed, you know, they had a, a like a stadium set up for Trump supporters mm-hmm. and they were all in the stadium. And so there were CNN people and they went and started interviewing the people, that, the Trump supporters. And that's what they focused on. Yeah, that stuff about Biden and son and uh, Hunter. Yeah, we got it now. That's what I'm like. Really? You guys are dead. They didn't say they thought he was. They thought he did an excellent job. I'm yeah. like, wow. Well, because I mean, everybody's like Trump, and they think Joe Biden is going to set up the White House the way that Trump has set up the White House, or it's his whole family is working there. Like everybody well, works at the White House. I would think though, when he and when Hunter Biden makes the White House, if Joe Biden gets elected, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you think about it, when they go after him about Hunter Biden, I would say, why aren't you? Why doesn't Biden go after him? Like, man, your whole family's getting paid. Yeah, everybody's well, getting paid. That's... When they talked about Ivanka, you know, I mean, she's getting paid. They're trying to do that. We go, they go low, we go high bullshit, which I fucking hate, and it's the worst thing Michelle Obama ever said. I mean, <laughs> it it's good on paper, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like I. Yeah. I, I know fellow liberals have like from the comfy of Starfleet headquarters, but it doesn't work when you're out there in the starship. <laughs> you have to go the Delta Quadrant. You got to ignore the prime directive. So wait, are you saying that Donald Trump is America's Kobayashi Maru? <laughs> like there's, no. it's an unwinnable situation unless we cheat. But I think that's what like, you know, I was, I was starting to say, and uh, a lot of like, liberal friends give me the side eye for this but there are necessary evils in the world like some cities like i grew up in chicago you need the mob the reason they called used to call i mean things have changed since i left i'm not taking the blame not my fault it's it's china's fault uh no it's not but it, like Chicago, they used to call it the city that works because it did. And there was, there was like a certain amount of corruption and you need, you need garbage men. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to be a garbage man, but I am fucking glad that we have them. And so, you know, you need some shady shit. You need, you know, you don't want the CIA running rampant around the world, killing everybody, but you know, they're, they're understandable targeted assassinations and shit and it's that kind of like low level of corruption that keeps things moving smoothly it's it's the grease in the wheels 
but it's when it gets too big and when it gets out of control, which is, you know, what it is with the Trump administration and every crime he accuses Biden of is something he's either doing, has done, or is about to come out that he's currently doing and has done. Like you guys are saying, the, the nepotism, Hunter Biden, fuck that. Look at what the Trump kids are, are doing. Yeah, I mean, all, the, all the people that are being indicted, they need to bring up. I was talking to someone last night about this whole situation. And they, they came up to like, what is American culture? Because they keep asking. Is it, and I, she, she actually, the sister got pissed because of, there's no such thing as American culture. I said, well, basically American culture is... It's mixed culture. It's it's uh, we're just a big melting pot, and yeah. she did. She said, you know, look at what we're supposedly America is supposed to be, and when you look at that debate and what's going on, that's not what that's you know he that is that supposed to be American culture is what Trump is giving us. You know, they said make America great again. I said, well, you know, as the questions come out, when was it great, and who was it great to? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you asking that to be? I mean, and the fact that they fell for that shit, make America great again. Now, there are some black people who say, oh, America was always great. But the average black person who's woke, who had read books, that just didn't go to school to get a fucking job, but actually sat and absorbed what they're reading. They're going to say, no, no, fuck you. It has never been great. Time, and you posted a, a video on Facebook of... Uh, the dude in Harlem running the Scientologists out. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it was, I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I mean, it was spot on that. If- but they don't, but that's what I'm saying. Here's a guy talking about Scientology and he didn't know L. Ron Hubbard was a racist. And that, you know, they didn't under, you have folks, I mean, I thought that, you know, I, did you guys ever perform at the, um, uh, the Scientology uh, Theater right there off of Franklin. Great theater. Great drink. I've walked by it, no. But yeah. Oh, and they have great coffee with great <laughs> danishes. You can get right down there by the... By the <laughs> that's, that's you know, that's how any good religion brings you in with a continental breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I was telling the guy, but, and, and it's amazing. As the guy is giving me my drink, you know, because they had, you know, they, you know, it was an open bar. So he had, you know, McKellen scotch. You know, I'm like, shit, yeah, give me, give me a shot of McKellen. And he thought by giving me the McKellen, he could hook me into Scientology. I said, hey, bro, uh, drink's good. You know, but that other bullshit <laughs> you talk about, hey, I ain't buying that shit. I'm, I'm good with <laughs> you know? that. Yeah, but yeah, you right there with the I did Jehovah take with one of those tests when I first moved to L.A. back in like a long time ago. I forget how long ago, but. Before, long before I met Ed, I took one of those. I was walking up by the one on Hollywood Boulevard because uh, I used to live like right near there. And I took, I went in and t- I was like, I'm just going to take the test. I was like, I was younger. And I was like, I could take this test and they're not going to suck me in. They didn't. But I took the test and it was like, it basically told me that I was a miserable loser. And I was like, <laughs> and at the yeah. time, I was doing great. I had a great job, I had a car. I was living in a fabulous room. I'm like, I'm not a miserable loser. You are tripping. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, is so full of shit. It's so hilarious. Well, uh, you know, like the, like the Republican Party, it's at least currently under Trump. It's all about using a bunch of mumbo jumbo that sounds good to fleece 
the the less intelligent. And, well, also and the, just, I mean, after vulnerable people, Republicans go after vulnerable, ignorant people. Mm-hmm. That's like their current strategy is to just go after the ignorant I mean, the, and the, the vulnerable. The fact that they think that 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 they that by you talking about uh, you know social issues, oh, you're a socialist now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, during, I mean, during the Kennedy years, if you talked about programs that helped if you talk about social security you know you were considered a communist they considered <laughs> they consider right now that uh you know and these are black people saying that you know that kamala and joe are marxists that they're communists oh you're you're part of that they're victims they're no motherfucker we just want everybody to have a fair shake what's but wrong the with that same people who say that it's socialists are the same people who are like Living on Social Security and on Medicare, which like <laughs> literally has social in its name, but Medicare, well, like that, those socialist concepts. It's it's so, American exceptionalism. It's it's a big problem, except when I do it. Yeah, but they think that they're all going to go back to living on plantations and drinking mint juleps. Like that's what they. I feel like that's what their like ultimate deep down fantasy is: is that make America great again means. Everybody lives on a plantation with a bunch of happy shucking and jiving slaves of whatever stripe. It doesn't even have to necessarily be black people at this point. And well, but you know, they have the most experience in America. People are going to be sitting and they think they're going to be that. And it's like, no, you strive to be the best who you can be. And that doesn't necessarily make you mean you're going to be a billionaire. That's nice. But I don't necessarily, I wouldn't want to necessarily be a billionaire. I want to do well, I want to have a good life. I believe there was a, a wise American philosopher who once said, uh, Mo money, mo problems. Yes. <laughs> but, but I mean, when you talk about, you know, capitalism and people making money and everything, they don't talk about the jealousy, the, you know, the competitiveness. They don't talk about the, the envy and the negativity, the negative yes. side of it. You know, everybody just wants to watch season one of billions and see if being rich is worth it. <laughs> and then with the, to see how you know you want to destroy other people so you can and you know when it all said and done they're gonna throw your ass in a hole like everybody else or burn you up hell you're not gonna keep all of it you know but it's, it's when you were trying like right during the like i always say the pandemic exposes who truly what america you know what americans are because we're not they say, wear a mask. Fuck you. Oh, mask. Look what you're doing. It's like slavery. Why would you make me wear this? This is wrong. Yeah, it's, you know, that's the thing, though. And this is, you know, we've talked about this on the show so many times about how it's, it is so fucked up that we live in a world where most of the good creative people are liberals, yet the Democrats suck at messaging. Mm. And the I, idea that you know, we can't figure out how to get the basic message across. And maybe it's because, you know, forest trees, we tend to see like the nuance and realize that there's so much shit that can't get boiled down to a soundbite. But going back to what we were talking about with the, the debate and the, the downside of going high when they go low, I, I've never done the roast battle thing, but you know we're we're comedians. We evaluate people and situations in a certain way, and 
there there are just so many things that not only the administration but that Trump himself has done that present wide openings for for jokes and zingers and things that the way televised debates work these days that you you kind of need to have and i i was very disappointed uh not in biden but in his handlers and and writers that when they started talking about prison reform and trump kept talking about i did the prison reform i did the prison reform that biden didn't just snap and go yeah you did it out of selfish motives because half of your friends and campaign advisors are in prison of course you want prison reform you're going there (laughs) missed opportunity you know it's like when i that's what got ice cube in trouble by him you know trying to you know cut a deal and go over and have a talk with him and everything and i i think dl got him and said, hey, look, man, you know, why are you only talking to people? Why are you trying to talk to a rapper and talk to somebody that can call you on your shit? You know, someone that knows the, you know, what's going on. Not someone that just, you know, put out his latest hit or put out well, a top rap. Yeah, he's see, a this is, rapper. This, this is a victim of not knowing what he was getting in, into because Ice Cube has famously been fairly apolitical his entire career. He's what I'm, I'm sure... That Ice Cube did not vote for the first time until Obama was run for office. I am he's never said it, but I'm one hundred percent positive on that. I'll I'll die on that hill until he says otherwise. But he doesn't know about politics. I don't think he knew just how terrible Donald Trump is because I think he's one of those people, and I don't think it's a black thing, I think it's just a certain type of person thing who remains uninformed because they don't have to be informed. Mm-hmm. Part, of his, part of it is his his wealth, but I think that stems also from his upbringing. He didn't get his money from knowing the political landscape. He got his money from knowing the his community's landscape and turning that into art. And he didn't have to make it a bigger... He grew, came up in a time where he didn't have to had to think of that on a much larger scale than just where he grew up. No, so I think and it's he never thought beyond that, even when he became somebody who had international influence. Well, it's kind of like one of those, you know, all, all calicos are cats, but not all cats are calicos that, yeah, yeah you know, growing up in the hood and having that experience is a, it's a very American experience. It's not, just relegated to the hood you know it's you're you're seeing it across the country when when people are are like oh well you know poor white people yeah it's you know very similar it's just a little different but having a, a master knowledge of that microcosm doesn't mean you have a master knowledge of everything yeah, but also though, also though, guys. I mean, we live in a place where being rich qualifies you for anything. When a rich mm-hmm. person says, "I want to go to space," but rich person, you're four hundred pounds. I want to go to space with my sixteen wives. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> clap, clap. And that's what happens. And he doesn't have to do the arithmetic. He doesn't have to do the hidden figures. He doesn't have to do any of that. He goes clap clap, and he's qualified. Well, we and have I, a president that's just a stupid rich person. We have so many aspects of our society that are just stupid rich people getting to talk about stuff. 
and it's and and I'm I'm surprised nobody in the panel has has pointed out that entertainment and sports is the only meritocracy on this planet. The closest thing to a meritocracy on this planet is entertainment and sports. And it's dominated by black people. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Once you give somebody a fair shake, we get we get it. But the problem is that position is so rare by definition. So white people are inundated with black celebrities so that they think black people are doing well. They've been right. wanting to be like Mike and want to drink Duke Ellington tea for 100 damn years. And it doesn't mean anything because Duke Ellington is rich. But he lives amongst you because he don't know no black people as rich as him and OJ and and Oscar Michaud, probably all the way down to whoever. That's you know what I'm saying? And there's this community in New Jersey where like Chris Rock lives. And I think at one time, like a bunch of rappers used to live in that neighborhood. Um, Mary J. Blige lives there. Like there's a bunch. There's this neighborhood in New Jersey. I forget where it is, but it's just outside of and it's just a bunch of black celebrities, like all living within like two miles of each other. Right. And it's also like where Mike Tyson's house used to be. Like that's yeah. what started it. Yeah, but also as as Chris Rock pointed out, their neighbors are white people who are dentists. Yeah. These dudes <laughs> gotta be the most <laughs> exemplary people on the planet living next to a white that dentist. Was my point, Edward. Well, whatever. All I'm all I'm trying to say is the point is black famous people get to talk on issues. And by definition, a lot of black famous people are hilariously uninformed and myopic and selfish. Because how do you think they got there? By adopting savage capitalistic principles. Frankly, I don't want to sound like some of the people who landed in Red Dawn over here. But come <laughs> on, man. They, they, they bought into this horrific system. And, and they, they reap the benefits of it. And we're surprised that they go with the power structure when all the chips go down. We're surprised by that. I am not. Because they, they also are the sort of people who put their heads down and focused on one thing that got them to where they are. And then typically for most of them, the people who opened those doors or shuffled them through or wrote the, put their, signed their checks were white people. And so they adopted what those people were thinking. So there's a, more to it than just they're myopic because they're shitty. They're not just shitty. They focused on one thing that was succeeded for them. And then the people that helped make it happen for them, especially the, the higher ups, because they had to like a lot of them had to leave their hood boys and hood girl homies behind. The are aren't though aren't with them anymore so they're like they don't have the the, the their neighborhood in their ears anymore and then have these white people who helped them get that house in jersey and they're listening to them and they think those people are successful for a reason and they're not necessarily thinking intersectionally of those people are successful because they're white their whiteness afforded them to be able to be the person who opened that door for them now, you know, the Larry Elders of the world will say you're wrong about that. All these <laughs> black Republicans will say that you're wrong about that. You know, they say, oh, yeah, you're playing well, the victim. They don't, because they can't, like David said, they can't see the forest for the trees. I don't All they see to, is success, and know, they don't see the, the nuances that went into it. Yeah, I mean, it's... You, it, you know, now 50 Cent wants to come out and say, oh, I'm voting for Trump because, you know, Biden's talking I about... $100,000 a year. Meanwhile, if he actually did the math, his t 
tax bill won't to any significant degree. It'll just ease. It will go up to ease the burden on where he was 25 years ago. That's the thing. You cannot get these people to see they're they're trying to. You got folks who are carrying the pails for billionaires. You're not going to get any of that money. Yeah. You keep filling their pocket, and they keep. They're the ones standing on your neck, and you can't see that they're standing on your neck because they. You got cut a raw deal. Mm-hmm. You know that thirty-two dollars an hour that came because of a guy in a union. Yeah. You, know, you got people. You got. They're conning people to get rid of the union. Jeff Bezos is rich because he cons cities and states to say, look, I'll come in and start all these jobs. Just don't have any unions. You know what I I think would be interesting? And one thing I think would be interesting talking about the unions and as as we've seen from the way the the federal government has handled the, the pandemic, which is mostly to say they haven't. We, we've seen that they are willing to sacrifice a certain amount of people. And I, I, I'm certainly not saying this is within the realm of possibility or even probability. I just think it would be really interesting to see it happen. The, the Republicans and, and the folks on the right are, are so determined to eliminate unions and it's a major sacrifice for them if they were to do it. But if they were to get rid of the police unions and see how much better that made policing, you know, and it, I mean, this wouldn't be because they got rid of the unions. This would be because the cops were actually accountable to the people rather than having their unions acting like gangsters on their behalf. They want to get rid of unions for everybody but those people. Well, right. But, but, and that's what I'm saying is the one that really needs to be like tamed down, if not eliminated completely is, is the one that if the Republicans got knowing how they are with PR, you know, we were talking about it with the messaging before, if, if they were to support the disbanding of the police unions, they would be able to use that and the improvements in society that would come of that as a, a reason to justify getting rid of all unions. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I'm just, I'm just really <laughs> saddened by all that stuff. Founded though. by Republican police officers. Well, so, but, yeah. But you know, say like, oh well, well the Republicans ended slavery. Okay. <laughs> well, guess what else Republicans did? They founded police and firefighter unions. So. If you're anti-union, you're you're not a Republican. Yeah. Because those are some of the first, besides coal mining, I think, were some of the first were from the first unions founded to protect workers. Because before that, police were susceptible to exploitation by citizens, which was a thing, and they were subject to no comp- no pensions if they were injured on the job. I think they should have injured on. I mean, I come from a family of. A couple of police officers and a couple of firefighters. And the firefighters, one of them was injured on the job. And my grandfather was a police officer for 40 years. Like through the 60s up until the eight, up until the early 80s. Unions are a good thing. And I think police unions, at their core and what they were founded for, mm-hmm. were a good thing. They've become corrupted, especially in the last 20 years when we've militarized the police. Yeah, absolutely. There was corruption. 
there was that that racism in the police force has been there since police inception. They, I mean, there was a time where Irish people couldn't get hired to be cops because they weren't the right kind of white person, which mm-hmm. is hilarious to me. <laughs> and then, and then know, that when my grandfather joined the police force. My grandfather, very light skinned black man, could have passed for white, and but he was sworn in only with other black officers because he refused to pass. They said you could, he would made he would have made more money, and he would have had a better assignment. If he had uh, had said, even though he had a black wife and black children, if he'd have just been on the job as a white man, he'd have had a better neighborhood to police and a better pay. He, but he's like, no, I'm a black police officer. And so he was sworn in with other black officers and he got that black pay. Mm-hmm. So it, there are the police has never been a, a an a, you know, an equine organization, but. They do need some protections, but they need to be demilitarized. They need, they, they need like the defunding is the thing. Yeah, because no. Then they can address all of those other systemic issues that have been there since the beginning. No, I but agree. It, and the protection is exacerbate what was already there. Yeah, it's the abuses of the union that yeah. I, I think we don't like, and it's with the police specifically. It is a, a different situation than with most unions. I mean, yeah, you do have yeah. the injured on the job aspect of things and and labor type protections that you like any union. You're going to want those in place to protect the people that do it. But where regular folks generally see the police union coming up and coming into play is when they're the ones who are effectively making situations that are the police versus the populace. Yeah. And when that's a a fragile relationship already, you don't need someone coming in and guaranteeing that it's going to be an antagonistic relationship and a negative experience for whoever decides to mess with the cops. And yeah, this was, with us and for us, not against us. It's not an us versus police. That's not the, that's not what police were set up for. And that's not an effective way to be a police officer. Yeah. You that you work in, mm-hmm. not against them. Yeah. With me working in probation, we, we saw you start to, uh, get that, you know, bad cop, that comes in, that's got all the issues, that get that gets past the psyche valve, and you go, dude, how did you get hired? Mm-hmm. Because you can see the issue. Yeah. And this dude's gonna be a problem. Now get us you know, if you go to the police, you know, they're going into the neighborhoods, they're saying, Oh, they look the, the, look at them, they I am better than you and no, and you're the one going home beating your wife, drinking the booze. Remember, the biggest drinkers were school teachers and police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, they were always the ones getting, you know, they'd go home and, you know, because they were dealing with these stressful jobs. And the teachers, I understand, you know, because they're, they're not allowed to carry. Well, I mean, back <laughs> then, when we were younger, you were allowed to spank your kids. I mean, you could whoop the kids, you know, they had uh, what are they called? Uh, um, corporal, you know, punishment. corporal punishment, you know, and, and the, and the schools. And they didn't have to be Catholic schools, they were regular public schools. Then that got out of hand because certain teachers just was, they got off on beating kids. And we had, I've had staff at my job 
who we had to fire because they got off on beating the crap out of people and just getting in trouble. They didn't know how to structure. Hey, but they if, got, oh, if oh, not for all that, we, yeah. we might not That's have had thing. Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> so, you know, thank, yeah. thank goodness so for abusive authority figures. Uh, <laughs> and we have cops that are sitting back who are pulling guns on people, you know, and, uh, oh, he's running away from me. So you shoot him in the back? I mean, if you think about it, in the last... It's better to let them get away and fight in the back. Yeah. What's that? It used to be if somebody, if a, if, a, if a suspect ran and you couldn't catch them, then that just meant your case went on longer and you had to let them get away and you find but them. But you know what? That's still way. in. I don't know who changed it, but no, it's always it's, been that way. And that's why these guys are getting in trouble. But I think it goes back to who the, you know, who the prosecutors are. Mm-hmm. That's why they're saying, uh, uh, Judge Mathis uh, said, <laughs> until you change that grand jury, you're never going to get these cops or what they because there's a deal being cut. I don't know if you've ever sat in. The DA is like a used car salesman. Yeah. And they'll sit back and go, well, I'm all, I'm willing to offer you this if you do this. And I'll do that. And they're sitting there, you know, they sound like they're, you know, the guy at an auction. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and they're throwing out mm-hmm. numbers. And you go, hey, what about over here? What about you? You said I was seven, seven, seven. And oh, so there you go. We'll take his ass away. You know, five years of probation, two years suspended sentence. Yeah, you know, and so many like systemic issues wrong within the police department. If I was a so-called good cop, the way the police department functions right now would frustrate the fuck out of me because you think I'm going to go into the policing to be a community advocate, and there are some cops who are like that. Now, they're part of a union. They're part of an organization that is systemically trash. But you you see it and you go, why is it like this? You have cops because, first of all, cops are being tasked with with tasks that they're not trained for. They're hiring people who are not suited for the job because there's a hiring issue with the police department. The reason why so many people with with low psych evals are able to become police officers is because they were having trouble finding stable people. To become cops as the population expanded and as towns became bigger, as cities got more dense, they needed more cops, which makes sense statistically. But you have people who were not suited, who would have 35 years ago never become a cop. Well, I think that's a great point to segue to the next issue. But I think the the wrap up is for a lot of police departments. The motto is to protect and serve. And for a lot of police unions, the motto is "Eh, not so fast there, bucko. What's this protecting and serving thing about? But you're talking about putting unqualified, dangerous people Mm -hmm. into uniform and handing them guns. And, you know, with, as you were saying before, the militarization of the police, you're handing them a lot more than guns. We're seeing the same thing being done on the bench. With the Republicans packing so many unqualified, like rated unqualified by the American Bar Association, unqualified judges are being put on the bench by the Republicans because it doesn't matter that they're not qualified. We know that they 
jive with our philosophy of, of restricting freedom and not letting, you know, women have any control over their own bodies, uh, except for, you know, the, the yucky parts and the cleanup that that's on all y'all, but suppressing the vote, which we're, we're seeing a lot of cases coming up. What is up with the South? I mean, come on, Texas. Did you see what the, the, the governor of Texas Mm-hmm. He got rid of the 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 uh, the boxes. boxes. Yeah, one. That's one of the dirty tricks. I wish that Democrats would pull is packing the courts with our judges who were not qualified but who lean left. Well, why not? We well we got screwed okay. because Mitch McConnell, when Obama was president, Trump said, "Oh yeah, they they left us all these openings on the bench." It's like they didn't leave shit. Mitch McConnell stopped the Democrats from being able to put judges on the bench. But when we had control of the Senate, we should have done the same shit that we knew they were going to pull. We'll just pack courts with left-leaning judges. Yeah. Oh, we we, we absolutely should. Nonsense, and we and we should just pull it. But we're too so concerned with the purity contest. And it's like you can do, and I know it's like a slippery slope and all this type of stuff, but if people just have a little self-control and a little thinking about the long game, if you slip those people in there and then don't let that shit go to your head, don't be as gross as them. No. Learn their tricks, but do it in a way that is progressive and helpful. And then pull back, pull back on the throttle. Like absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't think that should have to. That doesn't. That's not a self fulfilling prophecy. You don't have to do that. Yeah, but it's it's like the the cycle of abuse. There are, there are little tiny tricks that the Republicans pull all the time. That the Democrats pull those same tricks. You wouldn't even be in the situation without but having to be having sold our souls. The the problem is, and you look at what what's happening in North Carolina in the Senate race between Tom Tillis and and Cal Cunningham. Republicans are successfully, not as successfully, because like even the people there realize that Tillis is a piece of shit, so they're trying to vote him out. But there's a, a sex scandal because you know Cunningham was texting and I guess hooked up with a woman who's not his wife and he's not her husband. And the the fact that the Republicans are backing Donald Trump but still trying to mount a, a sex scandal against a Democrat, the, the cognitive dissident, dissonance, excuse me, where, where the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance that allows what passes for a human mind in people to, to live with both of those. Like, Oh yeah, he's a, he's a horrible person and unqualified for office because he had a consensual relationship. Me, I'm voting for the grabber by the pussy against her will guy. Like what? If a man could just get, could get over the hypocrisy of people fucking as long as it's not children, who gives but, a fuck? But the Who Democrats are, are, you know, this yeah. this is our, our our weakness. This is our kryptonite. This is why Al Franken is is doing a podcast from his home in Minnesota instead of passing laws you know, Clint, in Congress. If you get more women to speak that way, that would be great. I think there should be an army of you guys saying exactly what you just <laughs> said. Like, I think Republicans and Democrats both have this problem, this puritanical thread that has woven through this country since the day that white folks landed here because Europe and the rest of the fucking world laughs 
except for the Muslims are the only ones who are like, yes, America, very good. But everybody else is laughing their asses off at the fact that we allow our politics to get caught up in dumbass sex scandals that ain't got shit to do with shit. I don't care who cheats on their wife. I don't care who sends dick pics. As long as it's not assault, unwarranted, or on a child, I don't care. I don't care that Bill Clinton got his dick sucked by Monica Lewinsky. I never have. I never will. My here, sister, here. My, my oh, sister met Bill Clinton, and she said, you know what? If I had been Monica Lewinsky, I might have sucked his dick, too, because he is super charming in person. That is just a thing. It's like, who cares? She wasn't a child. She was 21 years old. I'm the same age as Monica Lewinsky. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as it's not a child, and as long as it's not assault, as well, long as it's the, not unwanted advances, I do not care who you... I don't care if you cheat on your wife. I don't care. That's, that's why the evangelicals get in trouble. I mean, they say, well, we're, just, we, we, we're voting for Trump because he's against abortion, and he's a, you know, he's a, he's not, one, he's not a Christian. Donald Trump has paid for 20 plus abortions on Wait, what's that, Clee? He's paid for at least 20 abortions. I don't know the number, but I'm sure it's at least 20. See, I would, I would dispute that only because I don't, I don't think he actually pays. Oh, he pays. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't know. He pays. His business manager knows. He's yeah. Paid. Yeah. But, but you guys, you guys talk about um, cognitive dissonance and I'm just like, we live in that all day, every day. We live in a free country built by slaves. We, we <laughs> communicate with each other on a Watch device built. You know, we, 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 we communicate with each other on a device built by slaves, but because we communicate so much on this damn device, we don't actually talk to each other. Pandemic or no, we stopped talking to each other a long time ago, a real long time ago. We stopped actually going, you know what? I, I think I think X thing that isn't popular. Well, I think X thing that isn't popular and actually sitting down and talking it out. That went the way of the dodo. And and now we're living in this in this place where we have to put up with all these cognitive dissonances. We have people like like my girl Clee who are like, yeah, we need to get as dirty as them. We have people doing the purity tests, and we have people being like, every I am a sports fan, and let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When you look at everything from the from the standpoint of my team versus that team, you could justify anything. I hated Ray John Rondo my entire adult life he came to the lakers he's a fucking saint <laughs> and, and and it just is what it is he's on my side now and that's what people think if obama and i, I said this repeatedly if obama had a came into the white house and said man i think that xyz thing that's just like trump said i there would be a period where i'd be like yeah do that and we as a country were like that this drone strike stuff i'm not trying to bring up old crimes because every president got a got a rap sheet as long as anybody's arm right as far as atrocities because we as a company or a company ha huh, freudian slip <laughs> we as a country that operates like a company unfortunately always need to look at our bottom line and war is a good way to make money every president that no matter how peacenik they are has been basically presiding over a war since since eisenhower basically so all i'm saying is like I agree that there's a certain amount of bad that's going on. I agree that there's a certain amount of dirty tricks that need to be pulled in politics. But I think what people are being disaffected by is this this team mentality to the to the to the to the detriment of actual logic. We'll put up with what our leaders say 
as long as they're on our side and as long as they punish our enemies. It isn't about being for a political person. It's about this guy will be a great offensive weapon against my enemies. Liberals think like that and definitely Republicans think like that. And that poisons politics, period. Absolutely. But I think, you know, going going with the sports metaphor and Ed being from KC, you can you can probably uh, empathize with me on this. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm from Chicago, born and bred. It's it's in my blood to hate the Cardinals. That doesn't mean that years that, you know, St. Louis won the World Series just don't exist in baseball as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And granted, I am one of the more rational people out there. But it, it, I mean, I, I see your point, but it's, you know, you have to reel it in. You know, what's realistic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can skip work to go to opening day. Can I skip work every day there's a home game? No, probably probably going to get caught, you know, at some point someone's going to notice. Uh these are the coincidence? I don't know. But going back a little bit and addressing what Clee was saying, I mean, I know it only came out on Netflix yesterday. But have you guys seen the the new Borat film or are oh, yeah. you going to I haven't watched it. It's on Amazon though, not Netflix. Oh, is it on Amazon? Yeah. But to go further with it, like, and my point is really is that I think what we've lost in politics is pragmatism. There's no, everybody, it's all one or the other. There's no pragmatic points of view on either side anymore, it feels like. And and what made this country become founded, despite the fact that it was founded on the backs of slaves and, and a bunch of bullshit, and that, that, that can't be discounted, but what they started was based in a pragmatic point of view. Uh, we're going to reject what we all came here to escape. And that was a, a monarchy rule in which they had no voice. Well, except now, for the Puritans. They, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and even the Puritans, like, you know, there, there's, and I think what, what, especially what any democracy needs, regardless of where you fall, because I think there needs to be balance. And I think there, you know, and two is great to start, and we need three, and four, and even maybe five because there's the nuance. But we, but although if you're voting for Joe Jorgensen, you're an idiot. Well, um, yeah, hang on. Kanye West, you deserve to have your <laughs> citizenship revoked. But you, but pragmatism is the way that it needs to go forward. I, I don't hate any Republican. I don't even hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a product of his environment, and he's a product of his own personality that he has never addressed. I don't hate him. I think he's a moron, and I don't think he should be president of the United States. But I don't hate him. Okay, but- to hate means that you can't ever, ever come to fix why they shouldn't be president in the first place. Okay, one of the things you said, though, that I think also goes back to the cognitive dissonance is the idea that we need more political parties, Mm -hmm. but the pragmatism of it is that a lot of the third party supporters and, you know, in the L.A. comedy circle, there's there's certainly a saving the community center bullshit and they're not going to. Well, it's it's always the last minute thing. And I've said this on the show before that it's it's the years between the election years that that if you want 
third parties to be viable. That's when you have to do the work of getting policies changed in your cities, of of building up people that are going to be candidates on the bigger stage for third parties uh, with with getting rid of the electoral college. Election year is not the time to talk about that. The time to talk about that is in December of the election year. Yeah. So to the the point that, yeah, we do need a, a more representative government. And one way to accomplish that would be by having more parties. We we do have to recognize, and I'm certainly not saying that you are, you know, presenting uh, opposition to this point, but just kind of to bring it all together <clears throat> is that from a practical standpoint, there's, there's the old saying, you know, you don't, you don't go to war with the army you want, you go to war with the army you have. And in that respect, it is an election year. Fuck all has been done since 2016 to make third parties viable. And so, uh, effectively, we are a binary system. One person, either Joe Biden or Donald Trump, is going to win the election. None of the third-party candidates have a chance. Like, you're better off buying a lotto ticket than you are voting third party. Yeah. And the thing that pisses me off is that every election where there's a sort of and a somewhat of a name third party candidate. Well, like, well, I gotta, I gotta show that I'm gonna vote third party because I gotta show them that I'm willing to vote third party. Nobody has given a given a fuck ever. Forty years, thirty five years, we've had third viable like so called name third party candidates. Fucking Ross Perot, fucking Ralph Nader, Jill Stein, this Joe Jorgensen jackass. All these idiots that come every four years and try to disrupt. I don't know whose side they're on, but they're not on the side of any true third party because there's no way that any person who truly believed in a third party candidate would put their name in there to be a third party candidate and come in and fuck it up. Be Build your coalition from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Build your money. And even you libertarian fucks who I cannot stand and they're almost worse than Republicans in so many ways. Just build it from the ground up, but don't come in here on the on the twos and the fours trying to run and being an idiot. You're fucking it up. Yeah, it's they they basically they it's never going to work that way. They want to go right from the playground to the major leagues. And yeah. it's like, no, you gotta you know you gotta play you play out of the eighth grade, Pablo. Like Nobody cares. Be who you like. Be be a mayor. Be a governor. Be a senator. Be a representative. Be on the city council. Be on the school board. But build your be a, and like these third party candidates. What we don't realize is that they need to be career politicians. Yeah. Well, that's what they're trying to do. Trump was trying to say that about Biden calling him a career politician. It's like, dude, you don't know anything. You don't know. You're sitting here. You're saying we should rake the damn leaves in order to fix climate change. <laughs> you're saying that the birds, <laughs> that that the windmill causes cancer. The fuck are you getting this shit from? Do you pull the shit out of your ass? Yeah. And you're just standing here, and everyone's just like cheering him on. 
Well, and, and like, they said, well, we got we didn't want any more politicians. Like, yeah, like the crack that, about don't just throw anybody up there. Yeah, like like the yeah the crack about uh, prison reform when when Trump started going off on Biden for being a career politician. This was another missed opportunity that really surprised me because they knew going in that Trump was going to try and do some variation on the 47 years and you haven't done anything. And Biden has 47 years of there's, you know, there's some like eh, didn't age well, but there's a lot of good shit that he's done and he should have been able to No, this is why. Yeah, I'm a career politician. Well, what well, have you done? You've tanked the economy. You've you've let a virus take over the the world. You've buddied up with dictators and pissed off our friends. That's what a failed businessman does. What a politician does, and then you know list off the record. So another missed opportunity, I thought for for Biden. Well, no, yeah, his debate prep team is not the greatest, and also Biden is actually not the greatest public speaker. Well, that's what, you know, the, the big battle was, you know, what Christie was going to do. And the reason why they had to switch this whole change up of the of the debate is because Biden is a stutterer. And because he stutters, they knew Trump, Trump's whole thing, dude, just interrupt him. Do not allow him to finish anything that he's saying. And you saw, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys ever grew up with a stutter. And it's bad. And, I, you know, get, yeah. you know. It just sucks. Oh, what my that's what his whole thing was. Okay, dude, don't even worry about answering any policy, anything. Just interrupt him and screw his old time up and bag on. It's like one of those, it's like a comedian because, that yeah. just bags all day that doesn't have a set. Yeah, because what causes stuttering is that their thoughts get ahead of their mouth and they can't right. get it out of their mouth. And so if you if you interrupt a stutterer and you or you overtalk a stutterer, that's gonna get them even more tongue-tied because the more they want to speak the worse stutter becomes right that's why like well that's why i I applaud like when joe biden said will you just shut up that's 70 years of being a stutterer that's facing the bully that's yeah. facing that kid from grade school who fucked with you when you couldn't you, know, yeah. you couldn't get you know and I, but <laughs> fighting I, I, those words for so long but as, as 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 uh semi-pro wordsmith though I, I say this dude in the future we're going to look back on debates as just as primitive as the naked wrestlers of the olympian age <laughs> of, of ancient greece we're gonna we're, they 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 really thought that that was solving problems to wrestle each other naked and whoever could wrestle the other guy naked was the best guy for whatever it's stupid i love to talk as you can see, I'm married to someone who loves to talk, and I like the value of talking. But damn, it ain't the best way to decide who the fuck is the motherfucking president, dude. It's not. Having them play a goddamn game of Connect Four or I Suck Your Fucking Battleship would be a better way to determine who the fuck would be the fucking president than a goddamn verbal wrestling match. That's fucking stupid. The fact that we're hung up on that still as a society proves that we're dumbasses because again like i said i'm coming at this with this much furor because i just watched like i said 13 fucking undecided voters get impressed <laughs> by parlor tricks it, it's literally like that those viral videos where the people would pull up the blanket and pull it down and pull up the blanket and then drop it and they would have disappeared to the dog like the dog would not know where they went after they dropped the blanket right that's what a debate is 
That's literally what a debate is. Anybody thinking on or resonating on any sort of level of actual knowledge of any fucking thing, they they said in that thing that uh, the L.A. Times reporter had done twelve election cycles. This person had had reported on twelve election cycles from the damn forties or whatever to up now. And he said the main thing that people say after a debate is they never got specifics. For the last 40 to 70 years of, of anybody doing debates, anybody covering debates, the main thing after them is nobody got into specifics. That should tell you something, dummies. It's about who's got the best stand-up set and who looks the cutest. And that don't make it fucking so. That this ain't American Idol. Right. I hate that we're having so much of our democracy depend on American Idol. It sucks. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think there's a there was a point in time where, just like naked naked wrestling in, in the Greek era, there was a time where debate was the only way to get the message out to the people because long before there was CNN, even like daily newspapers, we only had monthly and weekly newspapers, and the way to get that message out there was to have the candidates talk to each other but respect the decorum of the rules of debate. Donald Trump went in there and shat all over it. And that is why exposing the problem that's probably existed probably since I would say at least the JFK Nixon debate, because Nixon wasn't necessarily a great public speaker, but he, no. he was definitely now he was he a great president. No, but he was qualifying president and Nixon shat the bed on that because he wasn't prepared to be on television. And that was the first televised debate. And there then are he got, and you know, he then got to the point where he got tired. I know he's gonna buy. Like that's why Trump called the the mic thing unfair because he knew it would undermine his strategy, and his only strategy was to fuck with Joe Biden's mind. It's the same thing he pulled with Hillary when he circled her. Their whole debate circled her like a fucking predatory shark, like a fucking date rapist. Every woman in America knew exactly what Hillary Clinton was going through when he did that debate like that. He moved on her like a bitch, actually. <laughs> it was amazing he no. didn't try to buy her furniture. Never had a bitch circle me like that, but I've had plenty of dudes circle me like that. No, it's absolutely. Quote, I, You're so into it, you can't even remember the fucking quote. Anyways. That's great. Well, and I, you know, I don't dispute the fact that every woman recognized that behavior. I, I think that's what makes it more shocking that some of them still voted for him. And are dumb. You know, uh, <laughs> hmm, just frightening to, to see where we are. But yeah, I think you raise a very valid point about the, the efficacy and use of debates, Ed. Also, the, the idea of comparing them to, to naked Greco-Roman wrestling just frightens me to think that in 100 years there's going to be debate porn. <laughs> it, it needs to go a different track. It, we can't go to that universe. But it's the idea that as a, a society and through you know the growth of the media like Clee was talking about we are not the same people as a nation that we were when the debates started when it, it seemed like a good idea to have them like we we've discussed on on the show today people are idiots you know you jangle the keys in front of them and, and they're amazed. It's, it's the blanket trick. What do you do though? What do you do that allows people to see what the debates are supposed to be? 
of an exchange of the ideas and an opportunity to see, you know, I, I think it's also supposed to be to be able to see the temperament. And I, I constantly, not just on this show, but in life, rail against the whole everything happens for a reason thing. That that hmm. to to believe that and have the focus being on things are happening rather than the reasons. We can affect outcomes if we know the reasons and learn to duplicate or stop them from happening. We can affect change. This is the whole idea of of man-made climate change and being able to stop it. We can do things. We can get competent leadership if we go about it correctly and work within the confines of the system. There are ways to do things that are effective. And then there's running around like a chicken with your head cut off because there's problems. Well, I, like, but like you said, as far as messaging and all that jazz, I don't know that we as people, have set our minds up to accommodate social media and the internet and all that kind of stuff. And just literally waking up every day with a dumb device in your, you wake up first thing you do, grab the device, look and see what happened in the world. According to the device, the device decides what to tell you happened that day based upon your previous preferences. So for you, what happened today is X, Y, Z for me, it was some ice cube news. It was a bunch of my <laughs> feed is a bunch of Negroes being upset about ice cube and yeah. what happened to the Lakers and uh, your feed is, is X, Y, Z. Actually it's, it's Y, Y, Z because for, for some reason, Google has decided, and I love the band, don't get me wrong, but Google has decided that I am the biggest rush fan in the world. And this is a this is a band that has broken up because the death of one of the members. Yet still, hey, you're, every you're fucking day, day, Google's like, "Yo, Rush news." It's like, uh, all right, thank you, thank you, Google. Yeah, I feel like Harry Buttle, you know, in uh, in Brazil. We we have created this dystopia that we live in, and with that in mind, let's go out and enjoy the dystopia. Uh, one plug, we, we started the show talking about inadvertent in, integrated promotions. Uh, I, I do want to plug ballot tracks because I, I voted. I, I went to a legitimate ballot drop box because that's an issue now in California. Uh, but dropped my ballot off and signed up on ballot tracks on their website. And it varies from state to state, but I was able to find out uh, when my ballot was accepted by the county and that I did a, a pretty good job of matching my signature that's on my driver's license. So my ballot has been counted and you can you can track your own ballot very likely depending on where you live so check that out online um that is going to be my my deliberate inadvertent plug for the show it has been great uh, i do have a bot mitzvah to get to virtually by zoom so uh, i i will wish a a strong and hearty mazel tov to my cousin jordan and uh, I think that's uh, it's a great place to to call it a week. So I want to thank you guys for being with us. There's so much more to talk about. I know, Ed, you've got things to go to. I got a thing. We all got things. So let's go get to our things. Thank you guys for being here. Clee, uh, thank you so much for being here. If you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? 
Um, I'm not doing any of these Zoom comedy shows, but you can catch all of my quarantine cooking on my Instagram and Twitter at Clee Wiggins or at Clee Wiggins SF on Instagram. You can see the shrimp etouffee I made with the leftovers <laughs> from the drunken crab right here in North Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping they hear this and send us a free crab. They already liked my posts on both Twitter and Instagram. So well, send, send them a link go. to the show. You know, let them know you're you're going full yeah. full force. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being um, here. And that's it. And you can just always just the food I cook for Ed Greer during these trying times. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you for being here. Thank you for keeping Ed, Ed well fed. Uh, it, it is always a pleasure to have you here with us. Speaking of Ed, just wondering if you've gone uh, further into the adventures of baking beyond the oatmeal raisin cookies we discussed a couple weeks ago. But uh, you can tell us about that after I thank you for being with us and ask if there is uh, anywhere people can follow what you got going on in person uh, or online in the coming days, weeks, and months. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, well, basically, uh, you can check me out on YouTube. It's uh, Reboot It, as in, you know, reboot your computer and the IT. So Reboot It. And uh, it's a YouTube show that I do with my boys where we basically take about an hour and a half and we'll, we'll reboot movies or reboot whole franchises like Star Wars. We did Indiana Jones. We did James Bond. We did... Cars, uh, which apparently is... Supposed to be good. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we did a live action. You know how they're doing uh, Disney's doing those live action uh, reboots of movies like Lion King or something. So right. it's not live action because well, you didn't tame no lions. Lion. You ain't no Carol Baskin. <laughs> so so you you did so but you did you made some computer ass lions and then you made a whole thing, but you made it look realistic. And what we propose is that you could do a realistic version of Cars with Cars. <laughs> so we we pitched it. Uh, you know, so we're we're crazy, we're nuts. Uh, we got into a big fight trying to reboot Twilight. One of our one of our uh, constituency was just team something, and one of our other uh, people in the constituency was team something else. And we had a knockdown, jagout fight on air trying to reboot Twilight. So when we go wrong, it's wonderful. When awesome. we do it right, it's delectable. <laughs> so either way, you get a good you get a good product. So YouTube uh, reboot it. That's my thing. And I have 150 archived episodes of the Nerd Goat podcast where you can listen to me and my boy Ron. And uh, you can donate to our not donate, but you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon. So yeah, you can check the, all that out on uh, nerdgoatpodcast.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ed. And uh, where where can people follow you uh, online outside of reboot it on YouTube? Oh yeah, uh, at Ed Greer Destroys on Twitter, and it's the same on Instagram at Ed Greer Destroys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, it it is uh, just so great to have you guys like twice in one month. So thank you both for being here, Mister Time and Ship. Always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, you can get me at uh, Time and Ship at Facebook, Time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at uh, Instagram. You can get my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com, as well as my CD, Universal Brother, on in, it's on um, what is it, iTunes, as well as Spotify. So, yeah. Spotify and iTunes as well. Excellent. Well, Thank you for being yeah. here. Looking forward to next week already. Next week is going to be our Halloween episode. And so I thought it would be uh, kind of fitting to have a couple of our favorite 
moms on the show with the youngins, and uh, we'll be talking about Halloween with Liz Stewart and Katie Massa Kennedy. So, should I was going to ask to have Liz Stewart on for that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely had to. It's like that was that was the the one thing I'm like I I know this is like asking uh if, if you want to go grab a drink on thanksgiving uh you know like a lot of people tend to be busy cooking and stuff but yeah halloween it's <laughs> like i know this is the the holy of holiest can can i borrow you for for an hour uh but yeah so that should be fun me i'm i'm dr david robinson you can follow me on the socials on facebook all uh written out there dr david robinson and on the twitter i am at stand up fall down if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the ease and pass the saving zone to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard tell everyone you know rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even the platforms where you're not we don't mind that'd be cool if you didn't like what you heard not sure why you stuck with it the whole time but thank you for doing that make a deal you don't tell anyone we won't tell anyone everybody's happy we will be back next week in one form or another hopefully you will too until then goodbye <laughs>